Hallelujah. Just kidding. He would love to have been with us tonight, but he is actually um, in some camp meetings um, in California at Pastor Nancy's. So not jealous at all, but I'm glad to be here with you guys. Hallelujah. Well, I want to, again, thank you all, the team here, whoever invited me, thank you. Whoever didn't want me to come, thank you anyways, because I'm here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, uh, but anyways, thank you guys for allowing me to come and minister to you all tonight. You know, I, I think the age group that, the, well, some of you look like you might be a little older than what you should be here, but we'll let it slide. But um, but I'm so thankful because, you know, the the age you're at right now is so critical. It's so critical and into fulfilling what God has for your life. And so don't ever, you know, when I was younger, my mom would ask me to do stuff. I'd be like, Mom, I'm only 13. I'm only 15. And she knocked that out of me pretty quick. So don't ever neglect or think what your age or who you are is insignificant. There's a purpose, amen, there's a purpose that God has for your life. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to, we'll start with Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to talk about being led by the Spirit into the plan of God for your life. If the, One of the most important things that I learned growing up that my parents taught me was how to hear the voice of God. Because I would come to my parents and say, what do you think I should do in this situation? The first response always was, have you prayed about it? And if I said no, they said, go back and don't come to me until you have prayed about it and got some clarity. And then we'll talk about it and work through whatever. And so it taught me how to learn the voice of God at a young age. And I'm thankful for that because it kept me. It kept me. From like I shared my testimony at camp, at camp, at camp, it kept me from marrying wrong. It kept me from going down wrong paths. You know, my mom would always tell me, she goes, now the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. So wherever you go, you're taking the Holy Spirit with you. And keep that in mind, would you want the Holy Spirit being where you're at? And I thought, ooh. I, and it, that, every time I would start to go down a different path, that would kind of come in my head. Oh, gosh, you know what? My parents may not see me, but the Holy Spirit does. Amen. And you know what? He can tell your parents, too. I've had that happen, too. Praise God. But Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Let me turn there myself. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And it says that for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I love the Amplified. It says that God has prepared your path, and it's ready for you to walk and live in it. God has already prepared your path for your life. No one else can do your path. But guess what? If you don't do it, he'll find someone else. Catherine Kuhlman, if you, if let me say it right, Catherine Kuhlman. I used to say Catherine Kuhlman. And my sister would say, she's not a spice in your spice jar. I'm like, okay. Had a wonderful, amazing ministry. God used her mightily. But you know what she said? She says, I was sixth. God asked five other people before me to do what I was called to do, what he had for me. But they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't consecrate themselves to the plan of God. But you know what? She became the perfect plan for that when she said yes. When she said yes to the plan. Amen. So God has prepared a path for us. 
for each one of us, and it's already ready. It's already there waiting for it. The supply is already there waiting on you to get there. But it's going to take the leading of the Holy Spirit to get there. God's prepared it. The Holy Spirit leads you into it. So we have to learn his voice. We have to learn how he leads us. You know, when I was about 17 years old, the Holy Spirit started dealing with me about ministering, about preaching. You have to understand when I was a teenager or younger, or just my whole life pretty well, I was very shy, extremely shy, very introverted. Um, I would talk to you, but only if you talked to me and like, like begged me to talk back to you. You know, I was just that way. And so when God started dealing with me that, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like talking to people. Not that I didn't like people. I was just so shy. And the Lord dealt with me about that, and he started to work those things out of me. As I started moving towards what he had called me to do, he started taking those insecurities, taking that fear out as I followed him in his plan. And when I was 18, whenever he laid it on my heart, I said, well, Father, what should I, what do I do now? I, I feel like I'm called to minister, but now what do I do? And he said, prepare like you're going to preach. So I said, okay. So I started preparing like I was going to be preaching the next Sunday. So I started studying, getting in the word, praying, doing everything that I knew to do in my strength to prepare for what God had for me. And you know what? You can't let your personality hold you back from what God's called you to do. Don't ever let your use your personality as a way out of God's plan for you. You mold your personality to what God's called you to do. You know, I don't have to go out here and find out who I am or go on a big trip and go out across the country to find out who I am, find myself. No, right here is who I am. The word tells me who I am. And when he tells me what I'm called to do, then I start creating my personality around that. I don't let that or my personality control what God's called me to do. And, and I was always the type, too, I was so scared to do anything. I let fear hold me back from ever stepping out into what God had wanted me to do. And finally... I got delivered from that because God. I told God, I realized, I recognized, God, I'm so scared to ever step out in faith in anything because I'm afraid I'm going to miss you or I'm going to miss God or I'm not, and I'm going to make a wrong step. And I realized even though my heart was right, fear had grabbed a hold of that and held me bondage. So what helped me is the Holy Spirit told me, he says, whenever you step out in faith, Faith pleases me. So whenever you step out in faith, you're pleasing God. Even if you miss it, but you stepped out in faith, that's pleasing to God. Whether you stay in fear, that's not pleasing God. Fear, well, if you let fear hold you, it'll hold you bondage as long as you let it. You let fear of maybe witnessing to someone or fear of, of speaking about what God's doing in your church. The enemy will try to use fear to hold you back from anything, anything that he can in your life. Maybe anxiety, that's a form of fear. Depression, that's a form of fear. 
God has not authored us to live in depression or anxiety. You know, I work in the, uh, I'm a registered nurse, and I teach nursing, and we know physiologically that your body was not meant to be a conductor of fear. What happens is your heart rate gets elevated, your pupils dilate and, and, or constrict. See, your body was not meant for that. God has delivered us from that. God has brought us out of fear into faith, into love. You know, and, and it reminds me too, you know, we were traveling with my in-laws, with Brother Les and Miss Mary, and we were going to Texas. And on the way there, they made a wrong turn. We got off the thing, and of course our little GPS is like, turn around, redirecting, 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 you know. And so, and so my husband was getting a little upset because he's the type of person, I want to see how fast I can get from A to B. I don't want to stop. I'm going to see if I can beat my record time. I'm going to beat whoever's traveling with us, you know. He's just, and then me and, you know, I'm just like, whatever. I'm just along for the ride, you know. As long as you feed me every once in a while, I'm, I'm good. I don't care. And so but he was getting a little upset because that was wasting time. You know, we were wasting time off the turn. And I said, just hold on. I go, just get back on the road, just like God's planned for your life. And that's why I told them, I go, remember, when we do with Jesus, when we take a wrong turn, we can always get right back on the road. Amen. We're never too far out of God's plan for our lives. No matter what we do, no matter when we mess up, we are never too far from just getting right back on that plan. You might have a reroute every once in a while, but that's okay. It always takes you back to the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. You know, you're going to have to know the leading of the Holy Spirit to fulfill God's plan for your life. You know, this Bible here gives us our basics. It gives us our foundation. It tells us the general will of God for every believer's life. But to get the specifics of what God has for you, we have to, we have to talk to God about it. We have to hear from the Holy Spirit and where he is wanting us to go. So John chapter 16, and I want to read here verse 7. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness. Because I go to my father, you see me no more of judgment because the rule of this world is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you into the plan of God for your life. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. You know, nothing should happen in your life be a complete surprise if you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Whenever it was, um, was I was pregnant with my first son, and the Holy Spirit had laid on my heart to start feeding on things about finances. And, and I didn't know why, because financially we were okay. We weren't, you know, but I was like, okay. So I did it for a while, but then I let it go. That fall came, my husband started his business. And when you go from having a certain amount of paycheck to nothing, 
it can be a big deal, especially when you just had a baby and, and all the other expenses that go with that. And, I, and that pressure came on me. Now, at that time, my husband had his business, and, and I didn't want him to have another job because at the time, if you guys remember or some of you may know about his um, skiing accident in Colorado, how God miraculously healed his body especially being a medical professional. That was a miracle from God. And, but he started to have some issues in his hip, and he wasn't able to walk very well and had a lot of pain. So from the pressure of that, I didn't consult the Holy Spirit. I went and got a part-time job. I thought, I'll help with this pressure. I want to get out of this pressure I'm feeling. You know, whenever you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, you need to seek God first. You know, and, I, and I didn't do that. And I had let go of what the Holy Spirit, because he was trying to tell me of what was coming up in my path. And I didn't stick with it. you got to stick with it, too. Stick with it. And so I, I did that. I got a part-time job. So here I am. I have a baby, nine months old. And then I was working a full-time job, had a part-time job. And I, I did that for up until last March. I hate to say that. And finally, it was last year, I thought, what am I doing? I don't, God's my source. I was like, God, you know, I really don't want this extra job. And the Holy Spirit says, I never told you to take it. So I thought, ooh, all right, see you later. I'm done, done here, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if I would have paid attention better to what the Spirit was saying, I probably could have saved myself a lot of time working those extra jobs to help supplement things. And God wants to do wherever you're at. God, no matter what, what situation you face, if you'll listen to God, he will tell you of things to come in your life. He will let you know, ah, don't, don't mess around with that person. Don't, that person's going to take you down a wrong path, or this person's okay. You know, that's how I met my husband. And I've said this before, I was in a relationship, and, you know, and I have to get a little bit more detail with that. I was in a relationship for seven years with this individual. So just to give you a feel that, you know, all your friends become the same, your family become mingled. So it wasn't like it was a, a one-night date and then whatever. You know, so there was, a, and we're a small community, so everyone thinks that you should just get married. That's the next step to do. Everything in the natural looks fine. But the on, inside of me, I knew that this was wrong. And I just, you know, that's what I said at camp. I just prayed, Father, how can I get out of this? I tried to get out of it on my own, and I couldn't do it. But whenever I ask for God's help, the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, to come, within 24 hours, he had turned that situation around. Turned that where I was able to get out of that relationship. And I even worked for this individual's father. So you can see there was a lot of, lot of attachments and entanglements there. But you know what? God can help you. God can get you out of any situation that you face if you will just come to him and ask him for help. Ask him for his guidance of how to get to the other side of that. You know, and then after I got out of that, I let the devil beat me up for two months. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I lost a lot of weight, a lot more than, you know, I gained a lot back. But just saying, amen. Hallelujah. But, uh, and then some... New Year's, right? New Year's resolution. Woo! Hallelujah. But, uh, but I let him beat me up and let him tell me it was my fault. That if I would have been a better example, if I would have been a better Christian, or if I would have done this different, that it was my fault. Hallelujah. The devil's an accuser. 
God will never accuse you. If you do something wrong or make a mistake and you keep getting bombarded in your mind about it, that's not God. God's not going to keep bringing up something to you. And not that I did anything wrong, but for some reason I thought it was my fault or that I did something wrong or, or, or that I missed God's plan for my life. And I let it beat me up so much that I couldn't even function at work. And the people even work with are like, what is wrong? Because usually you're like, you know, like Miss Morgan said, you're a fun time. And I was like down or Debbie at work, you know, because I just kept getting bombarded. But I'm so thankful Dr. Jacobs came to our church. And he came. And I was sitting on the front row. And he was, I think he was getting ready to shut down the service maybe. And he walked past me and then he did a double turn and looks at you and you're like, okay, what's he going to say? You know, gives you the look. And he said, I want to tell you that stop letting the devil beat you up about things, that you're on the other side of this. And as soon as he said that, something lifted off me. And I kept saying, I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side of this. And I kept just speaking what he had told me to say. So you got to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. He will tell you what to say to get you to the other side of whatever you're facing. It can be anything. If there's something, you know, there's, I was in it, anyways, there's just a lot of situations that God will, if you'll pay attention, he'll tell you what to do and what to say to get on the other side of that. So the devil doesn't have to keep beating you up. Amen. Don't be his punching bag. Don't be his punching bag. Punch back. Amen. Punch back to him. And so I did that. And then that's when I met my husband just a few, actually a few weeks later. We, uh, we, Dr. Jacobs was getting his doctorate. They were having a celebration here 10 years ago, next month, actually. And so we, my mother and I came and, and I, I had worked or something. And so I wasn't going to come, but my mom's like, well, I don't want to drive by myself. And I was like, she goes, you never know. You might meet the man of your dreams tonight. And I was like, Mom, I don't want to meet no man. And I had no dreams about one. So I was like, let's just go. You know, she was just being silly. But so we get to the service, you know, and and had that. And we're eating in the back. And then I'm standing back there by that back bathroom. And I see Sonny. And I see him down the hallway. And I just like, huh, never noticed that guy before. You know, one of those things, he's kind of tall. He had kind of like a pink shirt on. I was like, that's different, a big man wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> All right, you know. And, uh, and so he walks down the hall towards me, and I'm standing there talking to my mom, and she was talking to somebody, and he's walking pretty fast, and he gets up to me, and he says, have a nice drive home. And he, like, runs off. And I was like, well, that was awkward. But, and, but the Holy Spirit said, he goes, he's going to contact you, and it's okay. And I was like, okay, now this, now I'm getting really awkward, you know. And so I didn't tell anyone. And, you know, I want to pack up, though, before that, when I had got out of that last relationship, I told the Holy Spirit and told Heavenly Father, I was like, I am not getting in another relationship until you tell me beforehand. Because I said this scripture right here, I said, you said that you will tell me things to come. So I don't need to get into another entanglement, another affair of something, and then have to go through this again. You have not ordained that for me. You said that you would tell me of things to come. And so I fully expect you to tell me um, who my husband's going to be because I ain't doing this again. We ain't been here. I got delivered from that. Don't go back to what you've been delivered from. Amen. Don't go back to what you've been brought out of. 
Hallelujah. That's, that's what happens with people. They get brought out of it, and then they start getting a little bit desired to go back. Don't do it. Don't do it. It will take you down a road you don't want to go. You don't got enough money to go down that road. You don't got enough sanity to go down that road. So, um, so he, and then, uh, so about two days later, Miss Donna leaves a voicemail at my house, and she's giggling on it. And she's like, this is messages for Cassie, you know, and she could call us back. And so I was like, and I knew what it was. And I didn't know this. Well, actually, maybe I, I remember. But my mom had got on Facebook and found him and was making sure he was okay, too. She made sure to see what he was posting. Sonny, anyways. And so, um, or maybe that was after. I don't know. But anyways, so I call her back, and she's telling me about him. And she said, you know, he was out. He got out in the world for a while, and, and you know, he's went to jail, but he's back in church, and he's strong, and I was like, thank you, Father, you told me beforehand, because I might be a little concerned. My husband said I was a goody tissue, and I said, well, yeah, if you've, you've been to jail 17 times, and I haven't been zero, so that does make me a goody tissue, I guess, but um, so anyway, so, and I shouldn't even tell me his name, but I just knew who it was. I, the Holy Spirit had already talked to me, so I said, okay, yeah, here's my email. You can email him, tell him, you know, I'll talk to him. And so um, then a little bit later, she emails me, and she just goes, oh, you might want to know his name. You know, it's Sunny Flock. It's Les Mary's son. I was like, okay, thanks. But um, and I, really, I don't know if I even knew his name, actually, at the time, but hallelujah. So we, and we, I just knew it was God. I knew it was God. And so we were supposed to have our first little lunch date at a ladies' meeting. That was going to be here when Pastor Nancy was here. And, and, um, but, you know, he had his skiing accident in Colorado and almost died. And I said, gosh, you could have just told me if you didn't want to go on a date with me. You didn't have to go, like, bust your body up out there. <laughs> and so, uh, but you know what? When he was out there, Miss Donna would email me every day with updates because she knew what her and Pastor Diana, they call them the, the love, love ma- matching the Cupids or whatever Brother Sean told me. And um, so if you guys are looking, you need to go talk to Pastor Diana, Miss Donna. They got the, they got the scoop. But, um, and so she would give me the updates. And the, this is the funny part, was the day she called me to tell me that what had happened to Sonny when he was out in Colorado. And she told me he only has a 50-50 chance to live. The doctors are giving him. And I said, okay, thanks, you know, and I, you know, let her know, and thank you for telling me, and she said she'd keep me updated. So you know what I did afterwards? I went wedding dress shopping. I thought, no, devil, God's not going to tell me who my maid is, and then for just him just to go out and die in Colorado. I don't think so. I told my husband, I said, even if I had to go out there and pull a Smith Wigglesworth on you, I would do it, because God had told me who you were, if you know Smith Wigglesworth, he raised people from the dead. So, and so, uh, so I just, I, by faith, I just went out and just started looking for dresses, started planning my wedding. Amen? Because God has told me what to do. God had told me who he had, had for me, the plan for my life. But I had to hear it by the Holy Spirit. You know, you have to hear it by the Holy Spirit. On our first, on our first date, my husband, you know, of course, normal dates, you get to know each other, but we had a list of questions. So he started, he said, are you a tither? And I said, yes, every day since I got a job when I was 14 years old. Because I was kind of a little offended. I was like, am I a tither? Yes. 
And he's like, okay, that beats me. I was like, all right. I was like, come on, bring it. And he said, do you speak in tongues? I said, yeah, since I was five years old, do you want to hear it? And he's like, no, I believe you. I believe you. And so, and so then I asked him, I was like, so I guess you're all these things since you're asking me, right? And he's like, yeah. And then I said, do you, will, you be call, or will you go to full-time ministry? Do you feel called to be in the ministry? Because God has put that call in my life, and I'm not sacrificing it for anyone. So if you won't do it, then I'll find someone else. God will find somebody else. And he goes, I think I can do that. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> so then we could have our day. But see, we got everything out in the open ahead of time. I didn't have to wonder what he believed or wondered what he, he thought or, or anything. And of course, our date that time, or I call it a date, whatever you want to call it, but he had his mouth screwed shut. If you guys remember that, that we're here, it's been about 10 years ago, but he had his mouth wired shut. So of course, his talking was like dish. And then when he was eating, we, he got pasta, of all things, and it was like falling out of his mouth. And so I'm trying not to look, to be rude, but I'm like, this is kind of... So that was our introduction to each other. So, hallelujah. But it worked, amen, because the Holy Spirit orchestrated it together. The Holy Spirit led us into the plan of God. But right before I met my husband... About a couple months before that, I just sensed the Holy Spirit wanted me to spend extra time praying in the Spirit. Just, you know, I read my Bible, but just more focusing on speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit. And I didn't know why, but I just did it. And, and I didn't know, and then when I was telling my husband about this later when we got married, he said, you know what? He goes, that same time frame, he goes, I had the same unction too. He goes, he actually had went on like a golf trip by himself. And he goes, I would play golf during the day. And then I would just go back to my room and just pray in the spirit and just pray out my future. See, God was preparing our spirits to be sensitive because he knew what was coming. He knew that he, we needed to be sensitive to follow that leading because I had it in my mind. I didn't, I didn't want anything to do, you know, not at that moment, um, a husband or anything else. And so, but God knew what was coming. And so he, called, he led us into praying in the spirit more so we would be more sensitive to listening to him. And I'm so thankful that I did that, that I took the time and did that. And so that I could, I could hear clearly so that I knew what I needed to do for that. Um, hallelujah. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. And... You know, whenever God had laid on my heart, like I had said earlier about ministering, about preaching the word, I, like I said, I was very shy, very um, just introverted, I guess you would say. And so I told you that he had led me to start preparing like I was going to preach. And then whenever, it was about 20, 20, probably about 21-ish, I, uh, I got my nursing license when I was 20, and was working as a nurse, and I enjoyed it, was doing well at it, or, or whatever, and, and I was like, I'm going to do this, and this, and this, and all the certifications, I was just, I was having the time of my life, and I was driving to work one day, and I was thinking about these things, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and when I get done with that, then I want to move to do this, and the Lord butted in on me, he goes, what are you doing to prepare for what I've called you to do, and I thought, ooh, Good question. Good question. And so I got back to studying, and not that I had let it go, but I wasn't doing it like I had when he first told me. I had let it slip. 
of the call on my life, of what he was calling me to do. And so I prepared, like I said, then I started preparing like I was preaching, and it came in handy because one service at our church, um, something happened. My mother had some symptoms, and, you know, if you've ever had kidney stones, um, she had them and was in the middle of passing them, and she said, I, I can't go to church tonight. You're going to have to preach. She goes, I don't have anybody else right now that I can call at three hours before church starts to minister. And so it was my fir- that was my first time I've ever preached was three hours beforehand, hey, you're on tonight. Have the service, take it over, do whatever. And so I'm so thankful that I had prepared, took the time to prepare so that I did, did it with the best I could at that time, amen? But I'm so thankful that God called me to prepare because then whenever the opportunity arose, I was ready. I was ready. Never neglect preparation time. What you're doing now, God is preparing you for the next step. And if you slack in this step, you're not going to be ready for the next And God can't promote you if you're not preparing where you're at. If you're not preparing where you're at, you say, well, what am I doing? Well, find something to do. If you're not doing something in your church, find something to do. I'm sure there is things for you that you could do. And they will find stuff for you to do. Amen. I I always tell people in our church, I said, if you want a job, I have 10. Come talk to me and I'll give you something. There's always something that can put your hand to. And whenever I was growing up in church. My mom started pastoring when I was seven, and prior to that, she traveled and ministered on the weekends. So I didn't, you know, that was our weekends. We, we were in church at least four times a week. And then when she started pastoring, you know, we, we just, my sister and I just did whatever had to be done in the church. And she wanted me to, to lead worship and praise. And I didn't want to. I did not want to, because first, I don't like being in front of people. And second of all, I'm not that good. So I didn't want to do that. And she's like, well, you're all I got, so do it. And so I did it. And But the whole time, in the inside, I was just grumbling. I was complaining. I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And the Holy Spirit, he grabbed me. He says, it's not about you. And I thought, gosh, I just got spanked again. You know, that's what you think. I was like, man, you know what? I was being so selfish that I was making it about me instead of being about him. Instead of saying, I don't want to do this, I should be, Father, I'm thankful for an opportunity to serve you. I'm thankful that I can honor you in what I do. And so we have to approach the plan of God like that. I'm so thankful that you would want to use me, that you would want me to use me in any capacity, whether it's just door greeting or if it's cleaning or or whatever it is, that I have an opportunity to honor you and worship you with my abilities, with my time. You know, sometimes we don't maybe have money to tithe, but you can tithe your time. You can tithe something. You can give something to God. Hallelujah. But Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that's so good. God has a, a good future for us, a future of peace, a future of hope. But, but we can't forget verse 12. It says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. See, God will talk to you about what you talk to him about. If you never ask him about your future, if you never ask him about the plan for your life, you know, I don't know if he'll ever butt in on you or not. 
but if you talk to him, you call upon him, he will find you. Amen. And listen, we don't seek the plan. We seek the plan giver. You know, I don't seek healing. I seek the healer. Hallelujah. We have to make sure that our focus is on God. And God, I'll do whatever you say for me to do. And the last thing I'll leave you here, because my time's getting away from me. But, but uh, whenever God called my husband and I to start a church, to pioneer a church, I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. God laid it on my heart in March of 2016, I guess. I was praying one morning, and it kept coming up in my spirit, and I was like, Father, you talk to my husband, because I'm not going to talk to him about this. You know, it's a teamwork, and I said, you talk to him about it. And it was almost kind of, I said that because I wanted my husband to hear from God, but I almost kind of said it as like a, a cop-out, too. Like, you know, we'll just, we'll just see, because my husband's busy. Maybe he's not hearing very good from the spirit right now, so... You know, it'll delay this. No, next month, he goes to eat with Dr. Jacobs. And Dr. Jacobs, he was telling some, Dr. Jacobs about some things that was going on. Personally, he just felt a frustration spiritually. Nothing was going wrong naturally. And so, however, the conversation, Dr. Jacobs says, I think, do you feel called to start a church? And it's like something dropped in my husband's spirit. Like, yeah, that's, the Holy Spirit had been trying to talk to him about it, but he was, you know, for whatever reason, not, not getting it in his spirit. And so he comes home and he says, I think we're supposed to start a church. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, so we didn't talk about it, though. I just went to the other room because I was like, you know, I had been in my mom's church for 23 years. And so I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And, and I, you know, my mom's a pastor. I, I know what they do. And I was like, oh, whoa. You know, and I was, I don't think I was pregnant then, but I had two little kids at the time. And so, uh, so then we, the next month, we were in a Pastor Nancy's meeting. And we were in two days of her meeting, a Saturday and a Sunday night. And both times, she had words by the Holy Spirit for my husband, obey God, obey God, obey God. As you take the next step, the power will flow. Obey God. And I was like, so as we were driving home from that meeting, I was like, well, I guess we got to obey God, don't we? <laughs> and so we just still kept praying about it. For several months, we prayed in the Spirit and just kept getting clarity because just because God gives you one inkling you need to st still keep praying to find out when where how you know we just don't run out there we still keep praying to get that clarity in our spirit and so we did that and and then I finally told my mom about six months later you know because if you say it out loud it's like it makes it real and so I finally told her and she said well she gave me some, you know, some words of wisdom and advice and things, how to develop more. And then she said, well, let's just believe that God will, will bring confirmation of that in your spirit. And so, and I was so nervous telling my mom that we had to stop along at a gas station and I had to use the restroom. That's all I'm going to tell you. But I'm just telling you, it upset my stomach that bad. And so after I, we did that, the next week, and I was like, okay, great, confirmation. You know, that's going to be another three years and so I'm not kidding. Two weeks later, we're in a meeting again with Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Diana. And Dr. Jacobs is getting ready to close the service down. We were in Columbus, Indiana. And Pastor Diana is like, oh, I think I have something for Sonny and Cassie. Still didn't dawn on. I was like, okay, you know. So she has a tongue. And then he had, Dr. Jacobs had the interpretation. And interpretation was, now the things that, the plans that you've had in your heart are of me, say of God. And I thought, oh, here we go. 
here we go. Thank you, Jesus, you know. And so it was, it was a wonderful what the Holy Spirit told us. You know, and you think that I would have been excited after that, right? No, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I, I was being obedient. I started moving toward the plan, what God has told us. But I wasn't, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't in joy about it. Let's say that. I was not happy about it. And not because I didn't love God, but because it was hard on my flesh. It was hard on my flesh doing what God wanted me to do. And so, and so we started our church. And I was still, I'll be honest, I still was not in joy about it. Even after the first service, people actually came. We were thought, oh my gosh, people actually showed up, you know. And I still, and then about a month later, I was pulling into my driveway after a service, and the Holy Spirit said, he goes, if you don't get in joy, I can't use you. And I said, I'm in joy. Praise God. You know, it's an easy switch. But I say that to be in joy about what God's called you to do. Stay in joy. Don't ever feel like it's a hardship or a burdensome or just a waste of your time to do what God's called you to do. Be interested in what God's called you to do. You know how you can show you're interested in it? Talk to God about it. Pray about it. Talk to him about it. You know how I show I'm interested to God? I write down everything he talks to me about. I have a journal that I write down things that God talks to me about or if things by the Holy Spirit. I write it down to show him I'm interested in what you're saying to me. I'm interested in what you have for me. And, you know, as, as God does that, and I remember one another time, I, we were ending our service at our church, and I felt the Holy Spirit that I, I had something by the Holy Spirit for someone. And I was like, well, I don't know. And God says, if you don't do it, you're not going to go to the next level in me. What is he wanting? Obedience. He was wanting me to step out in faith and be obedient and not care that it was the end of the service or that it was inconvenient for me. Amen. He wants you to be obedient and stay in joy to his plan. That's where the blessing lies. That's where the provision lies. You know, God has fully funded everything we have needed to start our church. We, had our, we got our building, and four months we went, we didn't have a service because we were preparing it and getting it ready. And I was pregnant with our third son. I wanted to wait till Lisa after I had him. And so we went four months with a $1,500 lease payment that we had to believe God for. And God just supernaturally brought it in. All the money, all the things that we needed. He has brought us wonderful people simply because we were obedient to his plan. And we were joyful uh, for his plan. Now, my husband was joyful at the beginning. It took me a little longer, but I, I got my butt in gear. And I got joyful about it. And, it, you know, I told God, I was like, God, my mom needs me. And he said, no, I need you. Because God needs us to be where he has planted us to be. And then you got to stay there. Don't let anything uproot you from where God plants you. If you're good at this church, don't let anything take you out. Make every decision you make, always think about, how is it going to affect me coming to my local church? How is it going to affect what God's called me to do? If it's going to take you away from either one of those things, stay away from it. Stay away from those people. Or, or you know, even thinking about education, where you want to go to school at. 
I went to school somewhere local so I could stay in my local church because I needed what my pastor had more than I needed that college could give me. My pastor had something that I needed to keep me, to preserve me, to help me more than any other school could do for me, more than any other sport could do for me. Amen. Whenever you get sick, you don't go talk to your coach. You're not going to go talk to your professor. You're going to church. Amen. You have to come to learn how to live your life here. And I'm not against colleges or sports or all those things. They have their place, but God has first. The, the house of God has first place in our lives. Amen. So be in joy about it. And last thing I'll say this to you is, you know, if you say, well, I don't know. I don't know why I have notes. I don't look at them half the time. But they're there. They're there for moral support for me. But um, so, I, you know, you think, well, I don't know what God's called me to do. You know, when I don't know what to do in a decision, I worship. I worship God. I just spend time thanking him and praying in the spirit. I just spend time worshiping him. And then another thing I do is I quote 1 John 2.20. If you don't know that scripture, get to learn it and love it. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. And so even if I don't know, I start speaking it. Father, I thank you that I have the Holy Spirit, and I know all things. I know what to do in this situation. I know what decision to make. I know the plan that you have for me. And I'll just keep speaking it. And another one's Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. That's another good scripture. But 1 John 2, 20 has always just, it's just something that's, resonated with me and I have an unction I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me and he's the answer giver amen he knows what I need to do in this situation I don't need to listen to all the other voices I just need to know his voice I just need to listen to his voice don't go out and ask your buddies what should you do what should I do or ask other people what should I do ask God ask God what should I do father where should I go to school what should I major in? You know, I wanted to do teaching. All my whole life, I wanted to be a teacher. And I see that that was the spiritual stuff and the, the gifts inside of me. But then when I got to about 16, I became a, a nursing aide, and I loved it. I fell in love with taking care of people because I love seeing people get better. And again, I, I recognize those were the things on the inside of me. And, and so I, got my, I decided to go for nursing. And then later on, I, be, I realized I can become a teacher in nursing. It was perfect. God was so smart. God is so smart. He works it all out that I got all the desires of my heart of what I wanted to do. Amen. And I didn't realize it when I was, you know, 16, 17, trying to figure out what to do. But God did. He knew it. And I would just listen to him. I don't have to know 10 steps. I don't have to know the next two steps. I can just have to know the next first step, the next one step. And as I follow that, I walk out that plan. As I follow the Holy Spirit, I follow that plan. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand up tonight. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him and worship him tonight. Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for your word and for your spirit, Father. We're so thankful that you have a plan for our lives, Father, that it's a good plan, that it's a plan that leads us into more. Father, we thank you for that plan. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your plan. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah. Just begin to lift up your voice and worship him, Father. We thank you. We're going to start this year ministering to you, Father. We're going to start this year worshiping you, Jesus. 
We're going to start this year with our face and our, our heart consecrated to your plan. We're not going another day with confusion in our lives, Father. We thank you for clarity coming tonight to us, Father. We thank you. We praise you and we worship you, Father, for it. We thank you. We praise you. We just worship you, Father. You're so good to us, Jesus. We thank you and we just praise you and we worship you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. This is a word and spirit youth group, right? Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if it's okay with Pastor Jordan, if he, if he doesn't want me to, just butt in, okay? Um, I would like to lay hands on those. Um, first of all, if you feel called to the ministry. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm not calling you. That's between God and, and your pastor. Amen? But if you feel the call of God on your life, and you may not have to know all the full capacity of that. I didn't. I didn't when I was a teenager. I just knew God was, he was leading me to, to start preparing to minister to the word of God. And not until I was in my 20s did he talk to me about pastoring. So if that's you tonight, I would, if that's okay with Pastor Jordan, I think that would, okay, I would like to lay hands on you and just to, to bless you, impart to you tonight for that, to help you, to bring clarity to that. Now you have a part to play. You're going to have to spend time with God. You're going to have to spend time with God and make it a priority. Amen. But if that is here tonight, I just have in my heart to minister to those. Hallelujah. So I don't know however you guys normally do it. You can just...